up, everybody? This is Colin here, welcoming y'all to Ruining Your Childhood, the Pitfalls of Nostalgia. Today we have a conversation between myself and Rob. We are missing Kevin and Vaughn. As you could probably tell if you are a current listener or a regular listener, correction. Uh, you could tell that, you know, we pop in and out. You know, we do our thing. And you can also probably tell that this content, as far as, you know, current events, it might be a little bit old, as has all of the content from our podcasts. Uh, we recorded all of this material between March and August of last year. Uh, we're still catching up. Uh, we've got, you know, probably six or seven more episodes to go, and then we're going to really start getting into the uh, current events and some, you know, getting to play with some more of the structure. Uh, I want to thank y'all for sticking with us. You know, we are just about to hit our 20th episode. Uh, 20th episode will be part two of our interview with IME, which will come out uh, tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the day it came out. Or if you're listening to it after, it'll already be out. Isn't that funny? Either way, just wanted to tell y'all, thank you very much for listening in. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening. You know, Stitcher, uh, you know, Apple, uh, Spotify, uh, you know, all those places. Uh, you know, I'm saying, uh, yeah. Uh, either way, uh, we're just trying to grow. We're trying to, you know, build. Still young. 20 episodes in. We're only two months in. It's kind of crazy. You're putting out ten, about 10 episodes a month on average. I don't know what the hell is wrong with me. Uh, I don't... I, 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 I'm drunk. I think that's I think that's just what the truth is. I'm just drunk. Either way, we're going to get into this episode. A little bit of male anatomy talk. A little bit of, you know, New World Order talk. I ain't talking to band either. So get your little butt behind the derriere ready. You know what I mean, brother? Sling flame. I didn't know it was going to be recorded. What the fuck? What the fuck? Just leave. I'm leaving the meeting. This is I'm, bullshit. I'm out. I will not be held liable. I just want you to know that my voice and likeness are copyrighted and trademarked and are not to be used in the reproduction of or distribution of any media. Mm. Without the written and the specific written consent of... That's right. Uh... Uh, who's your sponsor? Um, is it Disney? Is it Mel Gibson? <laughs> who's it? Yeah, it is Disney. CBS Plus. <laughs> Someone anti-Semitic. <laughs> it's uh, CISO. Uh, Selena, I came home last night and she was watching this documentary about the Gina Davis Foundation and uh, the roles that women play in Hollywood. Have you seen okay. this documentary yet? No, I've never even heard of it. Check it out. I don't know what it's called. Let me find out. Um, but the point is, you know, it's one of those things where you always knew that they, it's like, hey, there's like no women directors, you know what I mean? Right. You're like, you're like, what you know, people are always like, wow, this is directed by a woman, you know? Right. And it's, and I know. it's all it's, it's it's all crazy. It's all crazy, you know. And, and point break was directed by a woman, right? The name's Johnny Utah. Exactly. Yeah, the first one. It's like, what? What? 
a woman? <laughs> what? <laughs> just start. Just start. Chim- <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we're just yeah. Uh, uh, tangent. Greatest, <laughs> yeah, greatest South Park episode. The one baby's got boobs when they all just like turn into ne- into Neanderthals, <laughs> and they just like can't speak English, and they're just like like thumping around the room, and Randy's like, "Hey there, son." Ata, ata. Yes, ata. And he like teaches them about puberty and stuff like that. <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, one of their classmates gets boobs, and they ter- all turn into Neanderthals. Oh, that's hilarious. Ata, ata. <gasps> but um, a bit exaggerated, but kind of accurate. Uh, poignant. I think that's the point poignant. of South Park. I don't know if you've ever uh, seen it. Poignant. Uh, so th- this documentary is called "This Changes Everything." It's on oh, Netflix. God. Uh, Gina Davis uh, Foundation, and it's all about, uh, there was a case in, um, whatchamacallit, uh, like 1985? It was 1985. Uh, six uh, women directors or six women in the in the Hollywood industry um, did the research and found out that it was half of 1% of all of the jobs in Hollywood were, were given to women at the time. So it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like under Title Seven, you know, that's like discrimination. Yeah, I mean, that's fucking systemic discrimination right there. Yeah. And so the case got thrown out by the Supreme Court by a oh, okay. by a female Supreme Court judge, uh, you know, because they had to point that out. <laughs> yeah. The interesting part about it or I mean, well, all of it was really interesting because you knew that the discrimination was happening, but not at the level that it was. It was like since 1946, the amount of on-screen time for women has has stayed exactly the same, the percentage-wise. Since 1986? No, 1946. 46? Jesus. Yeah. Jesus Christ! That can't be true anymore, though, right? It can. Uh, 2021? I think that they're looking at it in theatrical releases and stuff like oh. that. I'm not, I'm not sure what the, what the exact... Uh, you know, I, I came into the documentary partway through, yeah. so I missed a lot of the intro and the... the, the Are you talking? ...ground uh, establishment. But... That being said, you should watch the documentary. Hmm. Uh, I don't make you a little upset. And then at the end of it, it's like <laughs> the whole thing strikes by a man. I was just like, oh. What, the, the documentary? Yeah. It's talking about how there's no female directors. Yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> it goes to black. And then it's like directed by Thomas. Shut Dickens. the fuck up. Did they like make that part of the documentary? Because what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> they could well, have I mean, found a fucking woman. Well, I think that part of the point of the documentary is that women aren't getting these jobs. Right. And it's men's, it's the job of the men in the industry to do something about it because they are clearly getting gaslit, you know, on all levels, victimized on all levels and things like that for trying to fight for their own uh, equality. And so, you know, part of the documentary is like, you know, the men need to step up and do something about it. And so I think that was part of the poignant part, but I don't know. Because I think also, I don't know, there'd probably be a lot of like hyper fucking just toxic masculine dudes out there would be like, oh, it's directed by a woman. I'm not even, you know, it's just all female perspective, you know, <laughs> so the fact that there are men involved in the production of it shows that, you know, it, there might, there are men. Okay. A man co-signed this. Okay. I'll listen. I can handle that, I guess. As long as there's dicks somewhere on the set, uh, you know. I just can't handle the emotionality of these women and their viewpoints. Yeah, I'm really into high T movies. You know what I mean? Like high Jason Statham, Michael Bay shit. You know, 
It's real high tea. I do love me a good high tea movie, though. I'm not gonna lie. It's real high tea. Like, uh, what's the most high tea movie you could possibly imagine? I think the most high tea movie of all time, and they specifically were trying to market it under the "this is a high tea movie," even though not they didn't use those words. Crank. Well, that no. that that would probably be in the top ten, but uh, yeah, what is the Expendables or whatever. Oh you that yes, was? bro, yes. And it was just like it, it was all old testosterone. <laughs> it was just like yeah. let's just bring in as many action stars and just and just shit all over the place. And I'm just gonna smash the shit out of it. Yeah, that movie sucked. Yeah, but I mean, good. high T directors, Michael Bay's got to be up there. Oh, one hundred percent, dude. Michael Bay and uh, oh, what's the other guy? The guy who directed Transformers. Is that Michael Bay? No, that is Michael Bay. I asked Michael why it was easier to train oil drillers to become astronauts than it was to train astronauts to become oil drillers. And he told me to shut, shut, shut the fuck up. So that, that was the end of that talk. He was like, you know, Ben, just shut up, okay? You know, this is a real plan, all right? I was like, you mean it's a real plan at NASA to train oil drillers? He was like, just shut your mouth. Yeah, he did, well... Not all of them, but multiple of them. And then he, yeah, he sucks. He's like, this is below me. He fucking sucks. This is below me. Yeah, apparently Bruce Willis after Armageddon was like, I'll never work with him again. <laughs> but, you know, Bruce Willis isn't, you know, known for being the most. Yeah, um, I was just going to say, I think he's a pretty difficult guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's be real here. It is very easy to make fun of the things that we don't understand. So as I am editing this podcast episode that Rob and I recorded nine months ago, making light of the career choices of Bruce Willis, uh, it just so happens that the same day that I'm editing it, uh, we have stories, you know, all over the internet of uh, Bruce Willis, you know, having aphasia. And if those of you who don't know what aphasia is, it is a degenerative disease that has no cure. And it makes decision making and certain, you know, things a lot harder for an individual. So as we make fun of Bruce Willis for taking, you know, uh, what some would say bad career choices later in the, in the end of his career, um, we now understand that we were making fun of something that we didn't have the whole story of. And so as we make light of a lot of things on this podcast... I just want to say that, um, you know, it's never a, a good thing to see someone like, you know, Bruce Willis and his family have to go through something like this. Uh, he brought me personally a lot of joy in my life. <clears throat> I know that uh, many hours were of enjoyment were dedicated to the, you know, entertainment that Bruce Willis gave us from uh, Die Hard, Pulp Fiction, etc. So I just wanted to go ahead and say... You know, love you, Bruce. Even though I don't know you, you might be an asshole, but that's all we can do as people is um, give love. I don't know. Remember? Bada boom. Big bada boom. 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 Big bada boom in the cab here. Look, like they drive a cab. This is me, Corbin Dallas. <laughs> you know, whatever. So, did you see Pig, bro? No, I want to see it so bad. You know, have you heard reviews or anything about it? I have heard people vaguely talk about it, and it sounds like fucking high art, man. They're not real. You get that, right? None of it is real. 
The critics aren't real. The customers aren't real. Because this isn't real. You aren't real. I'm so excited. Uh, it's yeah. It's got Nicolas Cage's best review ever on or percentage on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. I'm stoked. It's not John Wick. Just don't think it's John Wick. Because anyone who goes in there and it's like it's gonna be like John Wick. Then oh, they're gonna be like, yeah. Somebody said that. Yeah. Like it's John Wick except with a pig. Wrong. Exactly. I heard multiple people go in and and be like, it's not that good. And I was like, and then then you're seeing all these other reviews and a lot of other people that went into it with no expectations whatsoever, and we're like, wow, that was like that was a really good piece, you know? Man, I can't wait to see this shit. Calm down, dude. Nick no. Cage, baby. Nicholas Coppola. Nicholas Coppola. Nikolai. You do know that he's the nephew. Y- yeah, something like that. Of France. Yeah. He's Lord cousins France? with Sophia. Mm-hmm. And then isn't wait somebody else too. All of them. He's cousins with fucking uh, the. Oh, he's like a singer and he does a bunch of indie films. He was in Everybody Loves. Uh, whatever. I have like two brain cells. I'm not going to try to strain them. I need them for other things. You know, Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez are brothers, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that blew my mind when I find that. I out. mean, they just look identical. I know. And it's like I'd seen them both in many movies like Hot Shots Part Duh. War. It's fantastic. I had that VHS and that, you know, got worn out at my best friend's house. And Mighty Ducks was huge. Which window's mine? You know what I mean? Right. When, I, when I was a kid. And but I never put the, that they were like brothers. Hey, Romano. And then I heard I was like, wait, and Martin Sheen's their dad. Then I'd like I'd seen Martin Sheen in a bunch of stuff. And it's just, <laughs> I just did. Yeah, I was tripping up. Just mind so, blowing. Fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but Martin Sheen looks so much like both of them when you see him. Young. Yes, he looks like yes. exactly like both of them. You know, yes, both. it's like they tore him apart into in twain, mm-hmm. and the two pieces were Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez. And if mm-hmm. you put them back together, it's Martin Sheen. It's again. Martin Sheen again. Yeah, it's uh, it's on some Pokemon stuff, you know. Yeah, totally. Like the de evolutions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, Charlie Sheen had a had a moment and he was killing it. I killed it. And now, you know, you know, it's just where is he now? Doesn't matter. I mean, when he made as much money as he did, you know, he he did a lot of cocaine and he did a lot of, you know, hookers and stuff like that and all that. But, you know, he probably still has enough money just to sit on for the rest of his life. That's when people are always like, where'd this celebrity go? It's like they're probably happy somewhere. That's why you don't know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking Money Talks, bro. That movie with Chris Tucker. How about some nice Dom Perignon 85? How about some Coke 45? <laughs> it was great. I fucking loved that movie when I was a kid. I watched it. I laughed. I got excited. My favorite Charlie Sheen movie, though, has to be Major League. Top of the sixth and rookie sensation Ricky Vaughn on the pitch now. You can close the book on Kelder. Thank God. Hands down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was his golden era. And it's not because he's the best in it. It's just it's the best movie. It's a great movie. But the subsequent movies, not as not as good. Still funny, though. Kind of. Kind of. Uh, I wouldn't put him a list. Funny. No, I wouldn't put him B list. funny. But you know what? Let's can we just fucking drop the bullshit for a second and just be honest. Cut the bullshit. Two and a half men is Charlie Sheen's best work. I make a lot of money for doing very little work. I sleep with beautiful women who don't ask about my feelings. 
could drive a Jag. I live at the beach, and sometimes in the middle of the day, for no reason at all, I like to make myself a big pitcher of margaritas and take a nap out on the Sunday. Okay, it showcased him, his multifaceted ability. And just like, it was such a hit, you know, it was hilarious. Jokes every 30 seconds. Fucking great, man. How long was it on? God, I'm sorry. I'm just like thinking about it. Oh, God, okay. I just need a second. It's such a good show. I hope it's still on, honestly. But no, you know what? No, I don't. Because Charlie Sheen's no longer on it. I don't want anything to do with it anymore. Get it away from me. I don't. What's funny is like it came up immediately when I typed in the letter, the the letter, <laughs> the number two. Letter two. <laughs> like I said, I've got two brain cells and well, I might not even anymore. I don't know. I think we've reduced that to one and three quarters. I got like one and three quarters brain cells and they are struggling. Uh, I've never seen a single episode of that show. Not one. Yeah. Never. <laughs> Another fine morning. Gee, I sure am hungry. But wait, where's the kitchen? Are you tired of waking up in the morning and not knowing where the kitchen is for breakfast? Yeah. Well, what if I told you there's a revolutionary new product from the Stinko Appliance line called the Beluga Whale Three-Step Kitchen Navigation System? Wow. It's just three easy steps. Step one is get out of bed. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Step two is put on your favorite Aloha t-shirt. Cinch. Easy. Step three, place your Beluga Whale kitchen navigation system on the floor and watch him go to action. Look at the state-of-the-art navigational tracking system. It'll take you on the most efficient route to the kitchen. Wow. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. No more morning kitchen mishaps. That's the Stinko way. Yeah. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. Thanks, Stinko. Uh, so how was New York? I assumed that it killed your brain cells. Yes, it did. Um, absolutely. No stop flights, or did you have to do layovers? Um, just one second. I need you to know this. This is on the um, Two and a Half Men Wikipedia. Okay, this is what it says. Charlie Harper was reported by Rose to have died in Paris after being struck by a train. The next day, he fell off a Paris metro platform and was stuck, struck by a train, his body exploding like a balloon full of meat. Here comes a meat wagon. Wee -oo, wee -oo, wee -oo. That was on the fucking show. They said that. That's dark, dude. Jesus. Yeah, but there was a laugh track behind it. So, it of course, <laughs> balloon full of meat. <laughs> so fucking disgusting. Anyway. Um, no, I did have a layover on my return flight, which is not my favorite. I checked the bag. I was very nervous when I finally got back to mm -hmm. Seattle. I waited and waited for my bag and it did not end up on the carousel. Mm -hmm. And then I had to go to the front desk mm -hmm. and I had to ask them where my bag was. Mm -hmm. And they gave it to me immediately. But it still stressed me out. Where was your layover? Uh, San Diego. I love this city. It's a fact. It's the greatest city in the history of mankind. <laughs> <laughs> Discovered by the Germans in 1904, they named it San Diego, which of course in German means a whale's vagina. Hmm. No, there's no way that's correct. Oh, okay, that's not bad. I've had, when I went to New York, the times I've flown, I've had layovers in Kansas City, 
in Denver. Also, what stressed me out? Oh, you went to the Denver airport? You fucking satanic guy. What do you mean? I, I had a layover there. It, like, you, it was, you son of a bitch. You're a part you of dirty, the Illuminati, you, you son of a gun. Asshole. You dirty rat. You killed my brother. You dirty rat. Um, you fucking gabagool. Is, uh, is there some, some shit tied to that? Yeah, the Denver airport's fucking wild, man. It's got all these like tunnels underneath. There's murals of like satanic shit. There's like a big ass uh, statue of a horse out front with like red glowing eyes. Come again. Are you serious? Yeah, it's weird as fuck, dude. And it's the shape of it from aerial view is like weird somehow, too. I can't remember. It's like a pentagram. I know that it's hella weird because of how far away it is. I don't know. Like when you don't know, see Seattle, you got SeaTac, you know, but it's like right there. Yeah. Unless, unless you're in fucking shoreline or or or, or, or Mount, are you talking Mount Lake Terrace or something and you have to yeah. battle traffic to get there. It's like pretty easy. Same with JFK, really. It's like, pretty yeah, well, yeah, JFK and LaGuardia, they're both pretty accessible from really any point in the city. You know, if you're on the north end, south end, whatever. Uh, Denver Airport, it's like 45 minutes fucking outside of the city and it's, hella, oh, it's, it's, it's all isolated and stuff. It's weird. So I've flown and the only time I've ever gotten real sick was going in and out of the Denver airport because of the turbulence. Oh, really? Yeah. I filled up one of those sick bags, you know? Oh, no. I filled it up. And I was afraid that I was going to keep puking. And I was like, where's the the person? I don't want to drop this. That's horrible, man. (laughs) And then I got into LaGuardia and my buddy, he was taking a different flight because we both found like singular cheap seats. That's it. Look at that. Blucifer. It's the fucking horse with the glowing red eyes. Like, what the fuck? And then there's these weird murals that, like, have very strange imagery that is, like, said to contain the plan for the depopulation of the United States, if you're a conspiracy theorist. Oh, yeah, the the, the whole lizard person. Uh, what is that? The New World Order? Is that it? Yeah, like That's New right. World Order shit, yeah. I know all about that. Um, well, not all about it, but I know. <laughs> I was like, I knew it. I knew you're fucking in on it, dude. <laughs> I mean, hey, I guess the aerial view isn't that weird. I thought it was like some sort of fucking weird shape or something. You're a weird. Shape. It sort of looks like a swastika, though. <laughs> Jesus, man, it kind of does. The airport that launched conspiracy theories. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a deep dive into this. I think I don't. I, I I've been there and I didn't even know. No fucking clue, Lieutenant. I, but I only had like forty five minutes, probably in the airport. You know, you gotta run from one plane to the other. I had just vomited a bunch. Two guys in the corner puking his guts out. <laughs> great. <laughs> so fun, hell yeah, dude! Sounds like a great time. You're all fucking sweaty, <laughs> fucking vomit on your. I mouth. lied. I flew into Denver. I've flown into Denver another time, and I was visiting a friend, and they picked me up. And then, but I didn't spend any time there. But I'm a, I'm a little. Upset Did you get now. sick because it's like a higher elevation or something? Yeah, it was like landing and then taking off was even worse. The just the turbulence, it's just mm. whatever is going on there. I don't think it's like that all the time. But yeah, I wasn't a fan of the layover. And on top of that, my uh, flight leaving from New York was delayed because no flight attendants showed up. And then when I got to San Diego, it was delayed, which wasn't that big of a deal. But I was just like very nervous about my checked bag. I was like, huh, is it going to be there? Is it, it, it? Are they doing it? Are they going to get the bags? Did they get the bag? Do, how do I know? Do I have to go do something? 
was so nervous. I haven't checked a bag since 1999. I'd say three out of 10 would not recommend. I think that was the last year that I went and spent like three months, like flew to spend three months down in California. Well, yeah, if you're spending three months somewhere, you got yeah. with with the grandparents or, you know, two months or whatever, because right. dad, dad was like, fuck this. Anytime dad could have like gotten us out of his hair, he was all about it. I bet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why when I moved out at 16, he was like, oh, no, don't go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what will I do without you? Thank God. Yeah. No, nah, New York was magical and disgusting and dangerous and beautiful. Yes. Tell me, what was the most dangerous thing that you encountered? Danger is my middle name. Well, to be honest, we didn't really experience much danger, but we did have we got picked up by an Uber at 4 a.m. And the guy was like, 4 a.m. is like, be careful out there. You will get stabbed. And we were like, what? He's like, yes, I got stabbed. This man, he looked homeless to me. I thought he needed help. I went up to him. And he stabbed me right in the chest. Please don't stab me. And I didn't even realize at first. And I and then he showed us. He's like, look. And he showed us pictures of his stab wound and stuff. He's like, he didn't ask for anything. I went to the police. They could not even believe it. They didn't. He didn't want to rob me. He didn't want my car. He just wanted to stab me. People are crazy out here. And I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. I mean, that happens in Portland, too. Like, I mean, it happens everywhere. It happens like it's, it's real bad right now. I mean, it's just more likely to happen there. Oh, is it? Yeah. When I went in 2010, the same time. So I went and flew into LaGuardia. My buddy, like I, I got into LaGuardia and I'm waiting for my friend to come in on his flight. And the whole airport is closed because LaGuardia is fucking weird. It was like a Tuesday Tuesday. or something like that. And literally everything's closed. And I get a phone call from my friend. I'm like, Hey man, where are you? And it's his dad. Oh, in Bellingham. That's like, not yeah, great. yeah, Ryan left his phone uh, oh, in the car. Shit. And so now I am like just waiting around LaGuardia for multiple hours for him, oh. for like me to just intersect him. Oh my God. That's a nightmare, bro. And then, of course, he doesn't get another cell phone. This is 2010. So, you know, cell phones are a little harder to achieve, I guess. But he should have just tried to get one there or had his parents like help him get one there. But instead, he just didn't have a phone the whole time. No, we've gone too far. Mm. But when we got to the apartment, we were staying in the Lower East Side. The woman, um, this was Craigslist room share. Okay. And the woman talked about just or watching burning bodies like fall from the Trade Center because she could Whoa. see them from her apartment complex. And, you know, just like all of the crazy trauma and, you know, just kind of like shrugging it off. And me and my buddy are just like, holy shit. Yeah, clearly it's not like a shruggable, offable thing. She's clearly dealing with it. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, it it stayed with her, you know, yeah, she, you right. Know, just the way that she said it. And I mean, it stayed with me, just her saying it, you know, and this, yes, this is 11 years later. And I still remember, like, exactly where I was. Like, if I came, if I was in the Lower East Side and I turned on a street, because I don't even remember what the streets were and like came to the spot where she told me that I'd be like, oh, this is where she told me, God. you know, just like it's just I remember like the block and like. I don't know, it was weird. Uh, it's fucked up. Point is, shit happens there. Dude, real, man. On a lot higher scale than you're used to out here. There's m- just millions of fucking people in there. Yeah, and people in Seattle are like, this is a city. 
Dude, I know. I, last night I was at Gasworks looking out at the whole city and I'm like, oh, so darn oh, cute. Seattle. You're so fucking quaint. Did you fly like when you flew in to New York? Was it clear? Like, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, when it's when it's clear and you're flying into New York and you see the urban sprawl. Yes. Of like you can see Boston and then you can see the whole fucking thing, the mega city. Yeah. That is literally Boston to uh, DC, you know, Dude, huge. It, it's 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 nuts, and it's huge. just like all this urban area, and then Philly's in there too. So it's like this, like this this kind of like triangle thing. You know, like Judge Dread, and they had like the yep, exactly. It's just like that. It is. It's exactly like that, dude. Queen, uh, we were in Brooklyn the whole time, and and Brooklyn is the size of like from Everett to Tacoma. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just gigantic, and it's yeah. just big. Oh my lord, look at that thing so big and it's crazy new york is wild it's not my first time in new york but it's still every time i go it's fucking wild because everything is just on top of everything else it's just it's like lattice work of random architecture and just infrastructure and uh-huh. brick and garbage it's just like everything's just built on top of everything else it's planned i don't know if it's well planned but it's planned <laughs> i mean well, that's in comparison too. to like Portland, like I'm, yeah, I'm getting yeah. ready to leave this city because I fucking hate it so much. But. Yeah, you sound pretty fed up with Portland, man. Uh, oh, dude, everything about this city is bad right now, and it's just like the prices of everything keep going up. Luckily for me, yeah. my rent is stable because I know my landlord. Ah, uh, that's cool. Yeah, we're from the same town. But that being said, he could at any moment be like, "Hey, I gotta, I gotta charge more." Yeah, that's what sucks about renting a place, man. You just, uh, you know, you kind of. A little leaf on a wave. Like, well, yeah, if- we were trying to buy and I had a bunch of money. I had like over 10 grand saved up and Selena was, you know, getting up there and you were going to put a bunch of money down. And then since COVID happened, prices have gone up like 30% on houses. Yeah. It's like over a hundred thousand dollars yeah. on, on house prices just in this area because everyone's trying to get out of all the areas that are burning. It's completely unsustainable. So there are a couple areas that you can get property for so cheap but it's literally going to light on fire every year or every other year. Like that stuff, like out in Eastern Oregon, or, you know, like there's that town in uh, California that just fucking burned down again, you know, like two years after or three or no, I'm sorry. I think it was the campfire. So it was 2017. And then it it just, you know, they were like building it up and building it up and building it up. And then it's just all gone in like 15 fucking minutes again. And yeah, my grandma talked to me and she's like, Oh, I thought the fires were all gone. And I was like, what news are you watching? (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, cause she's, she's pretty good about like staying up on news a lot of the time, but then the news cycles are so disconnected right now. It is correct. Like they've always been really disconnected, but it's like the world is literally on fire. Like literally the third biggest fire in California's history is burning like two, like not even 200 miles from her house. Oh, and wow. she's just like, Oh, I thought the the fires were out. And I'm like, the third biggest in California history, and you thought the fires were out? You're like, it's it's not her fault. It's the news, you know. It's like you'd think that the 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 news in California would be <laughs> yeah right be talking about these things, but they're like, oh, it's um, all good. it was probably they were probably like trying to pacify people or whatever. Like, I don't know. The news is so fucking unreliable, man. Yeah, I'm doing this political speech right now, and so we had to analyze like ten different ways. Well. A lot more than 10 different ways, all the different ways that you can 
bend the truth and, ah. and, and all those things. And specifically, so I had to come up with a speech and I wrote the speech. And then because I don't, op- I, I don't like to operate under the premise of like using fallacies or straw man arguments or any of these fucking like ways that you gaslight people, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. I hate gaslighting. I hate and it. so I wrote the speech out and then I was like, Oh, I have none of the content that, cause it's supposed to be like, even if you agree with the point, you're supposed to use all of these different methods of uh, manipulation. Essentially. That's like really disturbing this class. <laughs> the intent for you to do it is. Is so it for you... literacy's sake? No, it, it's, it's a, it's a public speaking class, but um, the point of the speech, the point of us doing this is so that we understand it when it's happening to us. Okay. So it's so for when, literacy. So... It's not for like, teaching you how to no, be a it's, better it's, liar it's, no no exactly it is teaching you all the methods of lying but the purpose of it is so that you can call it out right so it's like it's like learning fallacies so you know like when somebody's well yeah like i see that shit all the time like i'll fucking bring up an uh, uh something and someone will just like start like okay example like i was on twitter and i was just like there's this this guy joey Votto could be a NL MVP this year. He, you know, he's really good, uh, perennial dude, uh, great person. You know, everyone around the league loves him. Uh, he's played for the Cincinnati Reds, I think his whole career, but he, you know, he came out saying that people needed to stop booing the Houston Astros and the Houston Astros booing them. Yeah. And so the Astros, okay. you know, you're not a sports guy, but the Astros, um, were caught cheating for their run up until the 2017 world series. Okay. Oh, and my. so the argument that a lot of people will have, they'll be like, okay, well, everyone cheats, right? Everyone, right. everyone's doing this same thing. Right. But it's like, sure. okay, well, 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 they were caught. Right. And it's in the rule book that they're not allowed to do this. Right. And everyone's just like, well, everyone else does it. And, oh, you know, like the steroid era and stuff like this. And I'm like, stop. Stop with the straw man argument bullshit, because that's what it is. It's like where they take an argument and make it about something else that's like related. Oh, like a red herring type situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might be it. Yeah. Where it's just like they'll take a topic that's adjacent and all of a sudden make the argument about that. Yeah. And and then so you start to lose your train and everything because they're just they're just, you know not talking about what you are talking about that's a super so then, like, classic political misdirection yeah so too. like all of a sudden people start attacking me about like the steroid era and stuff like that <laughs> and i'm like no like like i'm just saying that i have the right to be angry about the astros not getting punished like yeah. fuck all of you for telling me that i can't be angry fuck you fuck you fuck you you're cool and fuck you i'm out and all these dudes are like quit crying puss you know <laughs> quit crying bitch you know and i'm just like <laughs> yeah it's just like wow houston baby. fans you know clutch yeah uh <laughs> this shit's a little funny but uh um, fucking simp fucking simp bitch you know just like <laughs> uh, uh, all on burner accounts and things like that you know and you know what sucks <laughs> the most is that shit really gets to me <laughs> at some level i'm like i'm fucking not a simp though i'm not a simp though you fucking asshole you shouldn't be able to say that to me Uh, but you you can't reason with that shit and it literally doesn't mean anything but it still pisses me off a little bit so the trolls do get to me a little bit so yeah and then in this argument you know a bunch of people are are posting things to me 
and they're saying like, oh, because there's a bunch of uh, studies that have come out recently that cheating did not indeed help the Astros and may have hindered (laughs) their performance in the 2017 series. And A, fucking who cares? And B, well, A, fucking fucking who cares? And B, the league is trying to protect the fucking Astros because the league is trying to protect their punishment because the league wants everyone to think that they got it right. You know what I mean? So the league is sponsoring these fucking studies and then people are putting them out when they're like corporate sponsored. It's like if you got a study that was like, oh, McDonald's is healthy and it's like sponsored by McDonald's and people are like, oh, check this out. And it's like, do you fucking understand (laughs) what bias is? You don't like, God, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing that pisses me off because people can't understand influence on things they'll be like oh well you know there's like you know the washington post blah 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 and it's like you know who owns the washington post do you know who owns the new york times do you know who owns these things like right there are bigger entities than just fucking all of this shit and they dude when somebody sends me when somebody sends me an article as evidence of their point the first thing i do is go to their about page oh yeah and look at what this organization's goals are and like who owns them and like and 99% of the time, if some fucking, you know, conservative asshole sends me some shit, I go and look at it and it's like a uh, United Libertarian is a right wing think tank. And it's like, well, fucking get the fuck out of here, bro. This is think just, tank is 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 a word for gathering this is literally racists. meant to confirm your bias for your yeah. bullshit opinions. Yeah. But if it's leftist opinion. I don't bother checking it. It's surely right because I agree with it. No, I got in a bunch of argument with uh, all sorts of left-leaning people about Cuba because they didn't understand what was happening in Cuba and the, excuse me. Whoa, Nelly. The uh, derail. Uh, The uh, perception of what is happening in Cuba in the Northwest is so much different than what is happening in Cuba to the perspective of Cuban Americans. And people in the North people in the Northwest disregard it to such a level. And it's, this isn't just the Northwest. This is, I'm speaking for like the rest of the country, but you know, Mm. South Florida is its own thing, but South Florida has so much voting power that Mm. the way that this Cuban crisis is going to be dealt with or has been dealt with by Joe Biden will determine Cuban American voting preference for like the next 20 to 40 years this right. is like the, this whole event has the same weight as elian gonzalez in that whole situation and the reason that in the way that everyone reacted to the elian gonzalez uh the way yeah, the way that everyone else in the country reacted to it kind of made the cuban americans go onto the republican side because all the mm-hmm. liberals were just they didn't they didn't they didn't understand the issue and they didn't try to yeah like a bunch of people you know, leftist people were like, oh, the embargo, the embargo, the embargo. And it's just like, well, yeah, the embargo is bad. We're not, I'm, yeah. but, but like, that's not what this is about. Again, you know what I mean? Like, this is about a, a, a fascist dictatorship that is black bagging people and killing them if they fucking speak up. You know what I mean? The reason yeah. that you're seeing a protest for the first time is because people have been so terrified for their entire fucking lives. And the reason that, you know, the biggest graveyard in the world is this the, the passage between the Key West and Cuba is because people are trying to get out at such a high click. And so when people are just like, oh, it's all the embargo. And I'm like, the embargo doesn't help. So in no, a way, in a way, you're right. ASAP. In a way, you're right. But like, 
there a lot of the people on the left they just want to blame everything on the american government and yeah. it's like well the usually they the problem well, <laughs> like 99%, yeah 99.9 percent of the time especially they are. in south america or anywhere in the south well yeah south and, I'm, and i'm not saying that what american government what the american government did did not uh cause uh or, or potentially cause a lot of these things but you right. have to like look at the castro regime and everything about it with the lens of unbiased at the same time and if you do that you'll be like oh shit what are they doing you're like that's fucked up yeah i don't know i get a lot of conflicting information on that because of course like most americans obviously are like castro's a piece of shit he fucked everything up for his people no most and americans actually think people... castro's like like cool What's a lot that? of a lot of americans think castro's cool oh well well maybe i don't know I, I just what, I know like most is. Americans, you know, if we're talking about like anything communist, it's like bad, 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 bad. But uh, and then like a lot of Cuban Americans are here because they were escaping Cuba because Fidel Castro was destroying um, capitalism in Cuba. So he was taking away plantations from people. He was taking away land, businesses anything that exploited workers, he was fucking wiping them out. So all these people who had intergenerational wealth were getting it all taken away from them. And they were like, this, this is fucked up. And they were leaving and they were becoming political prisoners because they weren't falling in line with the new regime and stuff. And so they were. So a lot of people who are Cuban Americans in America now are people who fled Cuba because they were like losing everything that they had. So, of course, they hate. Fidel Castro, you know, that, that is true, except you're ignoring or I mean, you know, that that sentiment ignores the concept that that happened. That did not just happen to people that had wealth. So the government could take their wealth and distribute it to the people. Mm. The government took everyone's wealth and they kept it all. And then when people complained, well, they fucking killed them. again. That's I get conflicting information because I also have heard a lot of studies that talk about how, you know, homelessness went away starvation went away like uh like education was up uh, like everyone had housing uh like it was just like a much more equitable society by all measures after fidel got his thing together so it's like i don't know you know what i mean like the only way it was equitable in that there was no middle class and everyone was poor like it, it, he took away like the Castro regime. Took, is it like, better to have people homeless and starving on the street or is it better for everybody to be like but poor, but have everything they need to live? Do you want to live in Like if we were in Cuba right now talking about this, like we would be dead. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Know but that's that's that. that's what I'm hearing from people who have family in Cuba, like on a constant basis. And the other thing, too, is like there were like the right wing protests but then there were also like hundreds of thousands of left-wing uh protests for like other reasons so it's like i'm getting a lot of conflicting information and i just like this whole left-wing right-wing thing is bullshit and that's what i'm trying to illustrate is that this whole issue of cuba like usually i'm on the left like for a lot of issues but Mm -hmm. this whole issue with cuba it's like i am more on the right than i am the left but that being said i'm not like fucking DeSantis who's saying bomb Cuba and all that shit. You know what I mean? That shit's Well, insane. yeah, a lot of people are you know? trying to get a fucking military intervention over there, which is like, no, that would be a fucking disaster. We need to stop the embargo and not intervene. Like, But if you stop the embargo and and 
and not intervene. You have to let the people leave if, and come here if they want. And that's part yeah. of the thing is like, you can't Nobody's just stop the embargo that. and then fucking shut the whole country off again and let them just like live in a, uh, uh, are you talking country where there is no humanitarian right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like super wary of criticizing any country in the global south when I'm not like too up on it. And also like America has done their damnedest to fuck like for like 70 years. Yeah. No, I understand that entirely. And that's what I, that's why when I was saying, like, I was getting into this argument because a lot of people are like, this is the U.S. government. This is all causation of the U.S. government. All of this is the reason that the U- that you can all be traced back to, to the government doing this 50, 70 years ago or whatever. Right. But, but I'm saying that, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you had a dictator that abused his power. That, that essentially. Possible. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you should do more research into it. That's all I'm saying. I've been yeah. doing a lot of research and listening to a lot of uh, stuff that's coming out of South Florida for a good while. And um, it's it's interesting. And you're, just the fact that you're saying, I don't know, is just like, it's the, per, you know, I'm saying two Americans. You know? No. Yeah. I mean, I don't know because like I said, I've, I've it's like people want to shit all over. I mean, I'm sure mistakes were made, like, of course, but it's like it's just America is such a. I'm just like not going to live in America and then criticize anything that like a burgeoning communist country does. Because like is it burgeoning, though, well, I mean, like Fidel was like, you know, in his heyday, that was like 70 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm talking about that. And also they controlled all the information coming out of the country. So that's one thing that you have to think about. So anything that's saying that they're doing like great is all well, like, for example, I have a homie that actually went down there and like spent, you know, several weeks or maybe months like um, with like workers, you know, doing a lot of like education and stuff. And and he came back and he's like, that place is like basically a fucking paradise compared to here. And. You know, it's just it's hard for me to accept that a country that was like literally a fucking colony and then who destroyed the colonialism and wiped out the capitalism. And it's like, it's bad. It's bad. It's like the same with Soviet Russia. It's like. Yes, like, okay, was Stalin a fucking the best man who ever lived like fucking no, obviously not. I, I think there was a lot of things that were done that were, I mean, actually very positive. Russians committed so much genocide. They, they committed so much genocide of any of the fucking people that weren't Russian. Russians are so racist. Like P- Putin is such a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, like, like There's Russia no is so much worse than America. So like any defense of it, like, I'm sorry, but uh, you know, that's just, that's just my stance on that. But I'm also, well, I mean, take- we're living in the country that is like the fucking genocide capital of the world. Yeah, I you know, know but I'm also saying? I can trace my like family members of mine back to Russians killing them. You know what sure, I mean? And sure. like in Ukraine. So it's like, I'm also not going to take that and just ignore it. You know what I mean? I'm not part of my argument is like, I'm not giving the US a pass in anything whatsoever. I'm just saying that like, we can't just be like, oh, it's all the government and it's all our fault because that's that's like the liberal or, or the left uh kind of thing to do it's kind of the easier thing to do because the right turns it into like we're all good right and then the left responds with you're all bad and 
I'm saying other people are bad too. Our government's bad, but you know, the Chinese government was fucking horrible for a long time. Yeah. The Russian government horrible right now, you know, just oh, as it's bad awful if, right now. if yeah. not worse than the United States, you know, but I'm also going to listen to the people that come out of a country. Um, like as in, as in the hundreds of Cubans that I've heard this perspective from rather than one person who went there for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, who's well, I'm just saying to like, be white. I'm getting conflicting information from Cubans as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, like not, I don't personally talk to them. I'm just saying like, there's accounts from Cubans in Cuba who are like, what's going out right now. The information that's going out right now is not really accurate. And so it's hard for me to fucking, I'm not going to make a strong stance. I don't live there. I don't like, and I'm not, I'm just not willing to come down on a country, on a little small country and fucking the global South, which we have fucked. I'm not willing to come down on the country, but I'm also willing to listen to the people that are coming out. And when the majority of the people are coming out and saying that all these uh, human rights violations are happening, you know, the, the amount of Cuban Americans that, you know, I'm going to listen to yeah. kind, of, kind of the way that I feel. It's like the whole listen to black women thing. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I'm, I'm going to listen to Cubans. I'm, I'm going to listen to like, so I, so I started ignoring uh, white perspective on Cuban anything. Like, do you follow Boots probably. Riley on Instagram? No, because he's disseminating a lot of information about Cubans from Cubans in Cuba. And it's just it's not like matching up with some Boots Riley is pro like is hyper pro communist and has been forever. though. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So his stuff might be biased, but I'd still be willing to look at it. Yeah, I'm just saying we've had a vested interest in, you know, discrediting any country in the global south that doesn't fall very strictly in line with European or American interests. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't really like feel comfortable criticizing a country that, you know, I'll criticize anyone and everyone. Country, <laughs> Go whatever. for it, baby. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you, you, want, you want me to criticize Israel? I'll criticize Israel. You want me to criticize <laughs> fucking Russia, America, U.S., Ireland? Let's go. <laughs> whoa. US, whoa, whoa, whoa. UK. What was that last one you just fucking said? I said, I said Ireland. Motherfucker. Don't fucking talk about my mother. <laughs> uh, no, you can talk about South Ireland. You can't talk about North Ireland, though. Uh, all I know not. is that Guinness is a horrible beverage. It's crap. Pure, unadulterated crap. Oh, dude. So that's that's me talking trash. That's rude. <laughs> that's just fucking sorry. rude. I'm sorry. Room temp Guinness is room temp mm. Guinness. You just like, yeah, do you want a 500 calorie beverage? <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you want a meal in a glass? <laughs> do you want an alcoholic soup? Yeah, do, yeah exactly. You want blue soup? Uh, that being said, soup. I love Jameson. Jameson's great. So, yeah, I mean, that being said, the Irish just redeemed themselves. Neutral. Point is, I can talk shit all day. The uh, bourbon and whiskey game is unmatched in Ireland and Scotland. Hello, my name is J.P. Dorkman, attorney at law. Do you hate rap music? I hate rap music. Do you or a loved one suffer from loud, untamed rap music blaring at the midnight hour? And you scream, no more, no more, no more. Are you a heavy metal rock god extraordinaire drummer from the band Warlords, continuously getting your drumline sampled by young producers by the likes of Wisdom? If you suffer from any of the aforementioned situations and feel that they apply to you, 
then call me at 1-800-LAW-DORK. 212 Horkman Drive, Panama City Beach. Additional fees may apply. Okay, so we talked about danger. Danger! Danger! That was a very long ramble. Preamble. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's the point that we lose all of our listeners if they were ever there. <laughs> if they were here. <laughs> Do you exist yet? <laughs> Are you there? Hello? Is anybody there? What was the, the best food you had? Best New York plate? Um, uh, We had some fucking excellent Venezuelan cuisine. Mm-hmm. Um, We had a really fucking good Italian meal. Like, and you know it's good because the woman was like, uh, what do you like uh, the uh, wine? You know, she was like, uh, what do you like uh, the bread? And we're like, oh, shit, this shit is legit. Some fucking bomb ass gnocchi. It was great. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, like, you know, you can't go wrong. I also got a great uh, bagel uh, sandwich from a 11 year old girl behind the counter and i was rung up by like her six-year-old brother yep yeah family <laughs> it was very strange there, yeah. i was like these child laborers really know how to make a good sandwich these little fingers really know how to get the uh the cream cheese spread evenly those nimble fingers <laughs> i like walked i walked in and like had to move out of the way from like a 12 year old moving some cardboard out hey baby and then there was like an 11 year old girl at the counter and then a six-year-old fucking rang my card up. And I was like, well, thank you, sir. And he's like, you're, you're welcome. older than all three of them put together. Is that what you're saying? Yes. It was so fucking weird. <laughs> You're running bro. a restaurant that's worth more money than you are. <laughs> I was like, this is bizarre, dude. Oh, that's funny. Well, all right, what's the most disgusting thing you experienced? Um, I would say... I could tell you the most disgusting thing. Let's also. see. What is the most disgusting thing? I mean, it's just generally the the hot well that's hot trash scent that is like ubiquitous in all of fucking brooklyn brooklyn does have a smell it does and the subways were uber hot like super fucking duper hot yeah and uh just kind of smelly was that your first time in the sub uh no second first time i ever went in a subway right well, technically the second time, because when we went into Manhattan and then when we were going out of Manhattan, we were on the bridge along, I think, the Hudson, where the scene in Men in Black is filmed when he's like sitting out there all night, you know, with his, like on the bench debating oh, about yeah. if he's going to join, you know? Yeah. We're not hosting an intergalactic kegger down here. So sitting on that uh, bench or, you know, on that riverfront area in this dude caught like a fucking bass that was like four feet long or like something like that. Just some fucking giant fish out the Hudson. A, yeah. With a, with his pole out, yeah, out of the river. Yeah. We were in the lower side, lower east, lower left, lower west. One of the lowers, something like that. But either way, he just, you know, went and got on the fucking, the, the, the subway went home. We were on the with this fucking with, bass with this fucking bass just over his shoulder, just slung over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I was like, God damn <laughs> That's what the album Fish Scales is actually about. Fish Scales, you know that? Yeah, that, yeah. Ghostface was on that train. He was like, yeah, bro, he do. Because this was a uh, 1998, probably. Yeah. I'm like, you know, nine years old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Times Square sucked even then. 
Yeah, Times Square has never been tight. I don't think. I don't know. I've been there twice, and it's just like, eh, I'm sorry. Okay. I've been there uh, once. Not twice, actually. I took that back. I was trying to get, trying to find somewhere to pee. That's one thing that you're in Manhattan. You need to find somewhere <laughs> yeah, to pee. Bro. It sucks. That's like, why you have to master the techniques of like peeing in public. Of like, there's this one technique where you have a beverage, like a, a McDonald's cup or something, like a big mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And then you just like put it down there and you just kind of slide your dick out into the cup without much effort. Hmm. And you have the lid and you have the cup. You're totally enclosed and you just pee and you just like talk on your phone or something. So nobody even like thinks anything of, of it. And you no one sees it. your your exposed penis in a McDonald's nope. cup. Nope. Nope. You just slide you it in there in between the lid and the cup. And you just slide the dick what into a- the cup. Come again. And just go for it. And you're wondering why the city smells like urine. <laughs> it does, though, yeah. There was poop and urine everywhere. Yeah. Oh, it's even worse now, I can imagine. What's the shadiest thing you did while you were in New York? Um, the shadiest thing? For me, when I was there last time, I bought a dime sack off of <laughs> uh, this dude in Washington Square Park who yeah. potentially was an undercover cop. But uh, And then we proceeded to walk to a different park and roll it and you know pull out all the bullshit was some bad weed but you know. <laughs> oh no <laughs> i i had sent some weed to to arrive uh and and it hadn't got there yet i was supposed to get there the next night so need a little something to smoke well shroom had plenty of fucking weed so we didn't have to do any of that shit oh yeah it was more i just wanted to <laughs> I just wanted the experience. Yeah, it's like uh, a I, little, bought a dime, I bought a dime bag off the shady Rastafarian dude with a borderline fake accent in Washington Square Park. What's see up? now? I feel bad that I didn't do some shit like that. Exactly. That's see, like I have experienced New York so much more than you. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to experience like there's there's like the tourist checklist where they're like, oh yeah, you got to go to the you know you got to go to the World Trade Center, Ground Zero. You got to go to Empire State Building, Statue of yeah. Liberty, Brooklyn Bridge, Yankee Stadium. Yeah, like my list is like. And buy it. Yeah, exactly. I want to see all this fucking weird shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now we saw a comedy, a show at the Comedy Cellar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Classic. Um, We. uh, Anyone good? uh, Dave Attell ended the night with some crowd work, which is very good. Um, But the main fucking there was like a few guys that were excellent. I wish I could remember their names. One guy works on the. um, Oh. God, what's the show called? See, this is the brain cells again. That hurts my face. Those goddamn brain cells. On a, scale, off. on a scale of one to ten, how much alcohol was consumed? Dude, so fucking much. So Jesus 10, Christ. It's like the scale was tipped off of its axis. It well, fell you guys off the can fulcrum. drink all the alcohol that I would drink because I can't drink. So, so much fucking alcohol, dude. It was like those uh, you wake up and drink type vacations. Sounds horrible. I've never had that kind of thing. Um, we did meet this this random thing happened where uh Shroom uh somebody was buying shots and was like, Who wants somebody take the shot? Somebody take the shot. And he was like, Yeah, okay. And he took the shot and he's like, You want to come out and meet uh my friends? Because he was thinking this chick could maybe hook up with Vaughn or something, you know what I'm saying? That's what he was thinking. So she came out. And she just immediately started monologuing about how she's like a comedian and she started working on her set for us. And she just started monologuing about her 
history and her family and her family and her grandparents and all this shit. And like anytime we would add anything to the conversation, she would just kind of like either be like, huh, what? Fuck you. Or she'd be like, no, that no, that has nothing to do with it. And she just went off for like 20 fucking minutes on her own shit. And we were just like, Jesus fucking Christ. And then finally, Shroom was like, hey, uh, because they were he was going to like, I don't know, buy some weed or like sell some shrooms, something like that. And he was like, hey, uh, look, you, you got to go, though. Like, seriously, you got to leave. And she's like, why? And he's like, because we're um, we're going to do like a little a deal here. She's like, what, like cocaine or something? Cocaine is a hell of a drug. She's, he's like, nah, it's shrooms. And then he, she was like, oh, my God, shrooms. OK, like what? I can't be here for some shrooms, whatever. And she just left. Then she got more proceeded to get more drunk. Um, she told the bartender she had gotten 86 from all the other bars. So she came back and tried to initiate another monologue of her own shit. Shut up and listen to me. And this time we were smart. We started mm. having a conversation, excitedly talking amongst each other and not letting her butt in. Yes. So she Im- immediately left. That was very effective. Mm. And then the third time she was so drunk, oh, she no. didn't even recognize <laughs> th- that that was happening and she just kept like butting in and finally shrooms girl nat was like can you just fucking leave like she was like she just like took the bull by the horns and then she left like a sad dog and then she came back and sat across from us and was just like you guys are just shitty people you're all a bunch of bullshit but she keeps coming back and she kept coming back and finally i was like I finally got her to leave because I was like, you know, it's all about you. It's all everything is about you. Everything is always about you. It's all about you. I just kept doing that over everything she said. And so finally she left uh, and she was like, "Okay, you know what? Whatever. You guys are like from fucking Ohio or something. Think you're so fucking cool. What are you from Idaho or something? Suck my dick and got in an Uber and left. And we were like, wow, that was quite the fucking situation. Yeah. Uh, gotta love people with no self-awareness. Had none. And then they get drunk and then it gets worse. Yes. Drunk people are just so annoying. Like me and Vaughn and Shroom were having this conversation once and this fucking drunk guy just cuts in. He just get like I'm talking to Shroom. He gets in front of me and cuts me off and he's like, oh, dude, you know who you look just like? Fucking you 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 look just exactly like Tech Nine, man. Has anyone ever said that to you? And I'm just like What the fuck, man? Like you just interrupted a group of strangers to tell a black guy he looks like another black guy that he does not look that like he doesn't look anything alike. Oh my god, bro. I was so mad at him. I wanted to physically harm him real bad. Somebody punched someone. But instead, I was just a snarky, sarcastic piece of shit. Funny if he walked up and said Shroom looked like someone that Shroom looked like, but Tech Nine, it's just like, what the fuck is this coming from? I'll never forget that shit. It was the weirdest comparison I've ever heard. I never thought that before. Oh my God. Have you ever told me <laughs> you look like Post Malone? <laughs> I mean, you've got long hair and facial hair, so like, exactly I've, like and you have some tattoos, so you, you know. You're you just, wearing a shirt. You, you look, look exactly like Joaquin Phoenix. He wears shirts. Are you fucking stupid? God, man. Yes, he's clearly uh, 
two thirds to three quarters uh, mentally inept. Um, <laughs> also, that woman who had absolutely no social graces to begin with and then got drunk, her name she had decided was Id. Come again. Which is kind of really funny because like she was pretty much just Id. Or maybe she was more ego, actually, now that I think about it. I don't know. I just think it's funny That's, that she. My name is Id. Id. Yep. She was a, a genderqueer woman from Lower uh, East Side. And she, or no, I'm sorry, Upper West Side. My bad. Upper West Side. Very different. Very, very different. The exact I forgot. Opposite. It's <laughs> important to make that distinction. And she had uh, grandparents from Eastern Europe. And she had a uh, brother who had just come out as trans, but not to her parents. And she's a comedian. Mm -hmm. And um, I know everything about them. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want this information. But it was a sales pitch. It was a hell of a sales pitch. He could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. Ketchup popsicle? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She went in there and it seems like she got the job done. But she did not get the uh, response she wanted. And so she tried to hammer the point home multiple more times, but did (laughs) not read the room. She couldn't read the room, man. Not read the room. Not a great start for a comedian, by the way. Berating people on the street. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. Can't read the room, even the basic. Interrupting a group of friends and then, you know, telling them that they're pieces of shit. You're worthless. I like it. Yes. I mean, you know, a lot of comedians get away with the whole, you know, heckling of the crowd thing you know maybe maybe that's what they're trying to do and how many comedians spent many years viciously hating themselves and abusing alcohol and other drugs and then got out of it and were really great comedians so you know what maybe this is the start of her very illustrious career who said they had to get out of it touche well that's very fair that's super fair yeah just you know depending what kind of comedy you want to go into that's what drug you need to get deeper into True. If you want to, you, you know, just start banging heroin and stuff, you know, you go the Mitch Hedberg route, you know, you want to yeah. start doing hella blow, you know, you go the, the Sam Kinison route. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you want to do the, uh, you know, all sorts of hookers and debaucherous things, then you go the. Uh, or you could go, uh, yeah, I mean, seriously, yeah. You go out with a yeah. bang, man. Fuck it. Oh, fuck it. Oh, fuck it. Yes, that's your answer. That's your answer to everything. Fuck it. Don't work on yourself, project it onto other people, make it funny. Do a lot of drugs and die. To quote Eminem, you only got one shot. <laughs> Speak. The philosopher of our fucking. Yeah, they. <laughs> Speaking of heroin. <laughs> no, oh, that's so horrible. Philip. Oh, All rest right. in peace, buddy. He's my favorite. He's a great actor. Yeah, I'm not even the biggest fan of that movie, but that scene is one of the fucking funniest scenes I've ever seen. In what any movie, movie is that? That's Along Came Polly. He was in that movie. Yeah, you don't even think about it, you know, but it's like he's he's just hooping. He's like this little side character. But that is one of the greatest scenes. I was just like, what is, did he did Will Ferrell write this for him? Or is he just he's just that funny, you know, when he needs to be when he's Brant in a uh, fucking uh, Big Lebowski. <laughs> that's marvelous. <laughs> yes, yes. I you know, that's what a great actor is, too, because every time I remember that it's Philip Seymour Hoffman, I'm like, holy shit. Dude, he's, he's, in so he's in so much. He just much. disappears into fucking his roles. And, yeah, exactly. He's he's amazing. I mean, him in Boogie Nights, was it? Uh, the one with uh, by Paul Thomas Anderson with uh, with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Boogie Nights. Yeah. Fucking great and movie. That movie's amazing. Top. To I didn't realize he was in that, actually. Yeah, he's the cameraman that's like fawning over Dirk Diggler. I want to know if you like me. Well, of course. 
Yeah, I like you, Scotty. I I kiss you. And he's like, he's he, dude, that's what I'm saying. He just Shit, disappears man. into his roles. He's so good. We were watching that movie probably a year ago now, but I was just like, man, he's like Seymour Hoffman's in this. Like William H. Macy's so fucking good in it. Will I close the door? Will I close the door? That's my wife, you asshole. Like, it, it is nuts. Wait, which movie is William H. Macy in? So Boogie, Philip Seymour Hoffman in? Huh? Boogie Nights. Oh, right. Fuck, dude, man. Dude, yeah. Julianne Moore, fucking Damn. Mark Wahlberg, uh, John C. Riley. Like, it's got so many people in it. It's yeah. so good. That, that movie is excellent, man. I'm going to have yeah. to revisit that movie. It's a really good movie, and everyone remembers it being really good, but it's one of those ones where it might still be underrated. And doesn't it have the man with the mustache, the man himself, fucking like... Uh, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds, isn't he in that? Yes. Yeah, he yes, plays he like is. the producer or something. Yeah, he plays the, the veteran porn director. Fuck yeah. It's so good. That movie's man, amazing. You're getting me pumped to watch that movie again. Oh, you should I haven't be. seen it in like probably like seven years i'm gonna revisit that then it's gonna be better than when you went back when you remembered it because it's like it aged really well right it's really fucking good you and my I mean? dick grew like two inches since then yeah you know, you know mean? do you so also like know fun facts can we do some trivia about this Ooh, this is just off the top it. of the head right uh mark Wahlberg kept the prosthetic penis <laughs> yes yes he kept it he has it like on his wall, something like that. You know, it's probably just hanging out somewhere. And, you know, he puts it in when he wants to go to the club. He's like, hey, would you look at this thing? Look at this fucking thing. Yeah, you remember the last uh, scene when he hangs dong? Right? This is just as much a love story as anything else. Plus, I hear the guy hangs dong and I'm very interested in seeing that. Me yeah. too. Yeah, he hangs dong. Mm-hmm. When he what? When he hangs dong. The last scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Where he drops trout and it's just, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And he just, yeah, and it's just like, check it out. <laughs> you know, and you're just like, damn, you know, and you finally see it's such a great part. And it's just like, first off, you never see like full frontal male nudity in movies. Yeah. And then it's rarely. just like the whole movie is about this dude with this dick. Penis. And then finally you see the dick at the end. And it's just like, this movie is fucking amazing. It does so <laughs> many things that no one else ever did. No one else tried to do. Everyone else was scared of doing. And it's just so funny. And then you find out Mark Wahlberg kept the prosthetic. That's amazing. Why wouldn't like, you? You know what I mean? Well, why exactly. You? Hey, I mean, that my penis was in this. Literally, for hours. That's right. You have a special claim to it at that Mm -hmm. point. Yeah, and all all the scenes where his pants were shown, he was, you know, it was on. (laughs) That's another thing. Is a prosthetic penis to like? Do you have to like insert it? And like, does it like rubber band on? Yeah, I imagine it's like like a. Or is it just uh, like? Do you just put the baguette in your pants and just squash your dick? You know, back. Yeah, I imagine it's like a like a, 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 a cock sleeve type situation. You know what I mean? Like uh, like uh. slides onto your dick and fastens onto the base. Maybe. And then just like a clamp kind of hangs out. And then yeah. maybe they like do some gluing around the area. Oh, yeah, they definitely tailor the wardrobe. I wonder if huh? he had to shave. Oh, I probably, so he that probably they wanted glue to. it on. You think they glued it on? Maybe it's like, hey, guys, I want this all the time. Okay, just, <laughs> I like super glue. glue. Just glue I like it on. Gorilla glue. <laughs> hey, uh, no. can, I, can I can I make this permanent? Like uh, you know, like makeup uh, glue. You makeup know? glue. Yeah. Tape. Something. Yeah. After seeing the cosmetic or the post cosmetic surgery for uh, penis enhancement um, for that class, I uh, Oof. It, it was bad. <laughs> the, ew. That's that's a thing you can do. You can do a surgery to make your dick bigger. 
You've never heard about that? I thought we talked about this. Oh, maybe we did. But remember, I only have like one and three quarters brain cells. Brain cells. Yeah. Uh, I had to watch documentaries on labioplasties uh, or labioplasties and and uh, all right and uh, penis enhancement surgeries. And so okay. I watched this documentary that was, I think, the BBC or PBS or, or something like that. But it was talking about how, co- you know, uh, cosmetic surgeries in men and women are going up a lot in their 20s and 30s. Hmm. And in previous, you know, um, times, a lot of the, 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 or at least a lot of the reason that a lot of people get penis surgery is because they want the shower. You know what I mean? Like right. in that, like in that scene, you know, it's like Mark Wahlberg hanging dong. You know what I mean? Right. It's just, it's the, it just shows this power is like, is, is what a lot of people think that if you right. have a large penis, when it is not erect, then you have this power. And so a lot of people were living in the days of the uh, locker room in the locker room mentality, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to feel incom- uncomfortable when they were in the locker room. Right. So they wanted to show her. And so if you want that, you get this little thing underneath. Uh, it's like at the bottom of your shaft, pretty much you get it snipped. Oh, and, so, okay. and so you just, you hang you know, a little bit Hang more loose, baby. Yeah. But that's not going to make it longer. It's just going to make it show. And then it's going to be right. normal. It's just going to be normal, you know, like this. But then there are people that fucking get fat removed from parts of their body and get it inserted and injected oh. into them. And those, oh. they just look bad. So they're like adding girth and stuff like that. You know what I no. mean? Baby. Yeah. So the, the documentary Honey. is following, following this dude. And I think he's in his late twenties and he's like a truck driver in Britain. And he just comes home one day and tells his, his wife, He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I scheduled this surgery and she never complained about his, you know, his dick size or anything like that. You know, she, she was just like, okay. You know, like she just wanted to be supportive of him and like, let him do it. And like, I don't know, you know, like as a man who's comfortable in his sexuality, I was just like, that penis looks uglier than it did before. That's, you know what I mean? Sucks, and I was just like, dude. maybe that's just my personal thing, but I was just like, you know, that was in, in part of the response that I had to write to the documentary. I was just like, you know, to each their own. I, I want them to be comfortable in their own bodies. And if it, if genetic modification is what makes them feel comfortable in their own bodies, that's great. But that being said, I have to admit that it det- it deters the sexual attractiveness of something from me. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, I was never like, oh, penises look great. But I was like, that penis looks bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, just like yeah. one of those things where I just like, oh, I'd never seen like a, a, a really ugly penis before. <laughs> You know, it's probably because you don't see really ugly penises on porn or something like that. Well, but I was just sure, like, yeah. you know, you only get the beautiful, glorious, the, the, the glorious, the glorious footlongs, <laughs> you know, uh, footlongs. Uh, yeah, man. But yeah, so I, I was just like, wow, that was a, that was an ugly penis. And it just I'm like, just going to throw this out here. This is my hot take. Hot take. I think being insecure about your penis size is small dick energy. That's all I'm saying. Wow. That's my own opinion. Small dick energy might burn this planet down. Small yeah, dick dude, energy might joking. be it might be the bane of human existence. Like literally, small dick energy drives toxic masculinity. One hundred percent. What is small dick energy, and what? How do we do away with it? We need. To we need start to get a, rid of it. We need to ASAP. start a campaign to dismantle small dick energy. We do. We do it. As yeah. Big small dick energy. Big, instead of big pharma. The big yeah. industry. <laughs> like big pharma. Um, nah, man. No, that's just confusing. Just small dick energy. Small dick energy, dude. That's too much. I think if you got a, a penis, you know, just just, you know, love it. You know, love hey, it. don't all, change all it. shapes and sizes. Just love it. All shapes and sizes, man. 
but then you see, you know, some of them and you're like, oh, I can understand why they'd want to. Yeah, I know. But, you know, it's like when that person's like fully grown one inch penis and you're like. Yeah. But there's, you know, there's plenty you can do with that. Exactly. You know? But when the dude that walks in there with, you know, six and a half inches and he's just like, right? oh, I want a heater, you know, or just I can't I can't remember the term that he used, but he said he wanted. And he called his penis something. He like wanted it to be like head up, like he wanted a chonka or something like that. It's just like, oh, chonka. Just, what the fuck? I want a chongus. I want a chimichanga, baby. <laughs> you want to take one of these? Yeah, that's just unnecessary, bro. It's like, no, yeah, it's unnecessary. Live your life. Thing. Goddamn. Now, is there any penis reduction surgeries? Are there men who are uncomfortable with how yes. big their penis is? Yes. Nice. Right. 100%. Well, then that balances it out. That a bit. Actually, it's, it's a common misconception where a lot of people are like, oh, you know, biggest dicks, blah, blah, blah. But then you talk to these guys who have penises that are a lot of the times over a uh, certain size. And they, yeah, it's the same thing with women with boobs over a certain size. Right. It's like everyone's like, oh, big boobs. And it's like, right. And they're like, this hurts. Yeah. When, get it? when a woman that has like size Fs, you know, like triple, triple Fs, right? Which is, I think, what. Selena's mom had before she got surgery right and it's just like some people are just natural right and it's you know and it's if you're not super skinny it's going to add to it right but but when you're getting reduction surgery it's like oh that makes sense you're like you're making your life easier so in the same manner of speaking I think they didn't do as much uh that they talked about but it makes more sense because there were people there are people that complain about uh size making um things not as pleasurable and then there's mm. also the fact that if you go over a certain size you cannot get fully erect oh shit without passing out unless you were on uppers what because that's how much blood goes into your penis and so all that blood oh, going to your penis you know it like dra- it drains from your body and your brain and you pass out can you imagine god damn bro so, yeah i read that about uh, this dude it was in a rolling stone article when i was in high school and it was a dude with like a 13 and a half inch penis or something like that. And they were saying he couldn't get fully erect unless he was on uh, uh, uppers. Damn. Yeah. And it was just describing a life, you know, there was part of the, the, it was the fascination of like, everyone wants the giant penis. And it's like, we're going to go like a day in the life with this guy. And it was not, it did not seem glamorous or fun or anything. It was like, oh. When I went to St. Lucia, um, we went to this guy's house um, and which was interesting because he's like, yeah, we're going to go to uh, my parents' house. It's in like the nice part of town or whatever. And it was like basically a trailer park almost like of double wides. And that was like the fucking nice part of town. But anyway, mm-hmm. so we went to his house and they put on some porn for some inexplicable reason. And it was this dude with a fucking massive, massive penis railing the hell out of this chick anally like fully entering and i was like what is happening this man's penis is like 14 inches long dude it was so huge like he could probably suck it and it wouldn't even have to like bend over it was huge large penis that'll happen i was like i was like dude this can't be healthy for literally either of them uh i also learned in the human sexuality class that uh body cavities are very elastic and can grow or shrink to a lot of different sizes and so that's true that is why you see people that are willing to be on the receiving end of 14 of a horse cock yes so you know for her it might not have been that bad she obviously was getting something out of it hopefully some money and 
and uh, yeah. some, you know, notoriety. It was a pretty well produced porno. There was like multiple camera angles. There was oh, like wow. set dressing. Yeah. And then the discomfort of the. Let's read the room. Speaking of reading the room. Let's yes. I was just on. like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? What's going on here? Their way of reading the room is let's turn some porn on and then just read the room. You know, <laughs> Chris, this is the way you do it. All right. I'm going to go get a water. I'll be right back. I'm going to go get coffee. So. 